0: So I wanna ask you today, where do you find yourself in your own life putting a high degree of confidence? Where do you find yourself extremely confident? Is it in your education? Uh, Maybe maybe you regularly look back and think, well, I'm okay because I got my degrees. Maybe you feel extremely confident when you're at your job because you know that just as long as you've got your job, you can provide for your family. Maybe you'd be kind of uh, thrown off a little bit if you didn't have your job. Maybe it's your accomplishments, maybe you can look back on things that, uh, that were great accomplishments for you and, and enable you to, th- to feel confident about yourself. I remember uh, the day I passed my driving test. It was a long time ago, I was 17 years old and, uh, and boy, I was so excited to get out onto the road on my own. You know that time when you've just been driving with other people and you've got to get out onto the road on your own. I took the keys as soon as I got home, just bolted for the front door, went out and, and, and drove about four miles on the open road until the car started chugging and running out of gas. And, um, uh, and before cell phones, of course, sorry, way back then, I basically had to leave the car at the side of the street and walk the four miles home to get a, a gas can. And, you know, my confidence was impacted that day. Um, I, guess, I guess I could say another way. What things in your life are you really proud of? Where do you find yourself putting a lot of your pride? Maybe it's, maybe it's in your resume. Maybe it's that piece of eight and a half by 11 that describes who you are on your best days. Maybe it's your health. Um, for me last week, I don't find confidence in my health because I had a couple of days stay in the hospital with kind of a re- recurring heart complaint that keeps cropping up every now and then. I'm doing okay now, by the way, thanks for your prayers. Maybe maybe you, you, you're continually proud of your kids and what they're accomplishing. I was driving behind a car just the other week um, and there was a sticker on the back of the car saying, my child is an honor student. And as I looked in the back of the car, there was four kids in the back of the car, three or four heads, like, you know, bobbing between this uh, this large SUV. And, uh, and it made me think, well, one out of four, maybe? Maybe that's pretty good, you know? Like, the focus is on the one kid amidst the four that are in the back there. Um, you know, we're, we're continually encouraged to be self-confident, aren't we? To find our confidence in ourselves. And I think the truth is, is that most of us find ourselves on somewhere on this scale between extremely confident and Having no confidence at all. Um, We might be living with the imposter syndrome that makes us feel sometimes like some at some moment someone's gonna pull back the curtain and realize that I'm not who I said I was. And uh, they're gonna see who we really are. Some of us deal with an extreme lack of self-confidence. Our insecurities take over, and we're regularly faced with that feeling like we don't measure up, that we don't, you know, that we continue to fail. Or we might be having trouble with relationships like through our lives, because we're too confident, because we're arrogant. And if that's you or I, we're probably not gonna know about that. But, um, but, but the truth is, is that sometimes we're too arrogant to know that that's even happening and one of the things that you learn early as a kid is that showing off or boasting or bragging about what you've um, what you've accomplished what you've stuff that you've got or vacations you've been on is something that will trigger something in other young kids to the point where they're like ah stop showing off stop stop bragging and when we look at Paul's letter to the book of Galatians you realize that there's been this pattern of him dismantling these these other things that the, the, the people coming into the Galatian churches have been putting their confidence in other than the cross of Jesus Christ, other than the gospel. And our, our title for this series, as we've been doing it, has been Jesus plus nothing. This reminder that I think is so important. Um, Even as some parts of this book, maybe you could even think of a a little bit repetitive, but we're reminded over and over again that that the gospel, that the good news about Jesus Christ is a gospel of Jesus plus nothing. And as we come to uh, the conclusion of this and look forward to Easter Sunday next week, as I looked in chapter six of Galatians, I was thinking about all the different ways that this, this little talk could go today. And there was many different directions I could have gone but one verse in Galatians 6 was like sticking right out to me and I felt like this is the one to 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 sort of put a kind of put a bow on our talks about Galatians that that God wants us to hear this morning it's Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 and Paul talks from his heart in this verse and he speaks from his own mind and speaks about how, what he's saying he says may I never uh, boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And it's a theme that, that runs regularly through Paul's writings as he talks about the gospel, this idea of never being confident in anything else but in the, in, in the cross of Jesus. His boast was in Jesus. And it's, um, you know, you read it in, in Philippians 3 or in 1 Corinthians 1 and 2, Romans 3 and 4. You can go back and you can see Paul talking about how, listen, there's nothing for me than the cross. There's nothing for me than the gospel. He comes back to this theme over and over again. Now, what's, what's he even comparing it to? What, what does it mean to boast? Uh, I, was, I was looking it up and uh, really a boast is a, started out as being probably a military thing, a military cry. You can imagine uh, a captain or a, a general or king, somebody leading an army, um, taking charge over a military boast, basically saying, uh, to make, making their people say like, our hands are strong, our weapons, are, sharp, our weapons are, are great, or spears are strong, whatever weaponry they would have been using and we are gonna take down this enemy. It would have been a ritual, it would have almost like a cheer that an army has before they are in that place where they may quite possibly face certain death. It was a, it was a ritual that they went through before they, before they marched into battle. Now, uh, throughout her 20s, my wife Liz was uh, uh, in the HR and mainly the recruiting world and would obviously, because of that, see a lot of people's resumes. And as she you know, continually over and over again saw people's resumes, she began to develop quite a good garbage meter um, to discern the sort of level of, of garbage that was in people's resumes. And when she saw a good resume that seemed honest and accomplished, obviously she would be able to see that and, and offer them a job. Um, and she she still decades now, uh, decades past now, she still gets asked to help Uh, people with their resumes because she seems to be so good at it but our our resumes are kind of like our boast aren't they they're that eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper that we will wave in front of an employer and make it real clear who we are on our best days Uh, with the, the kind of the dark moments the dark periods of my career sort of maybe taken out and the best parts highlighted in a very succinct way we want to say this is who I am this is the bragging rights that I've got of who I am. And everybody does it. In fact, it's been going on for, for thousands of years. I think Paul took his description of boasting in Christ from Jeremiah chapter nine, when he looked back at the Old Testament and he read this in verse 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast in their wisdom or the strong boast of their strength or the rich boast of their riches. But let the one who boasts boast about this that they have the understanding to know me that I am the Lord. And the, the verse carries on. But the backdrop of, of this verse is to let us know, listen, everybody boasts, whether it's in wisdom, strength, or, or riches, or anything like that, we all have this tendency to want to put our best foot forward. There's a great little proverb in 1 Kings, uh, First Kings uh, 20. It says, the one who puts on his armor should not boast like the one who takes it off. Hannah, when she was talking in uh, 1 Samuel 2, in her prayer, she says, my mouth boasts over my enemies. Uh, a boast was just simply the way that you geared yourself up for victory. And it still is. It's still, it's, whether it's our resume, whether it's a cheer before a sports game, or whether before going into battle, this, this, this idea of a boast is to, uh, is to remind ourselves, listen, we're ready for, for victory here. We're ready for battle. We're ready to take down whatever enemy it is that we face each day. And today we even live like that on our social media, don't we? You know, when, when, uh, uh, when we go on vacation, the, the first temptation is like, I got to post every image of my vacation just so everybody knows what a great time I had and how great my life is as I, as I conquer this world that I'm kind of insecure in. But here's the point about the the Galatian churches, they've been driven into confusion about whether the gospel was truly Jesus plus nothing, or whether there was other practices that they needed to add to that. And Paul's message to them is just consistent with everything else that he said during other parts of the New Testament. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 1, he says, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom and eloquence. And it sounds like he could have done that as a, a quite an educated and well-spoken, well-read, well-written man, lest the cross be emptied of its power. Oh, imagine that, that Paul was saying, listen, I'm not gonna use my own strength here. I'm not gonna wave my resume as I write. Because if I do, the cross gets emptied of his power. Basically, if if I come at this relationship with God with anything other than a complete confidence in Jesus, what happens is that the power of the cross in my life ends up on a downward spiral and we essentially are gradually emptying the cross of its true power in our lives. If you come to this... Uh, online service this morning and you're of yourself, arrogant, puffed up, confident, feeling like ambivalent towards God because I can take it or leave it and uh, y- you know I'm, I'm, I don't have a need, I don't really need God, I don't really need to boast in the cross or boast in Christ. I want to give a, a, a challenge to you, make all of your, put all of your confidence. In the cross of Jesus Christ remind yourself today that listen without the cross of Christ I have nothing I want to tell you to be lifted up out of your your sin and your self-confidence towards a God who loves you and who knows who you truly are he knows how empty you are and if you live with constant Lack of confidence, unconfident, closeted away, closed away, shying away from relationships with people because you feel like I never measure up. I fail, I'm not good enough I, I, I'm not um, you know I'm not strong enough I'm not educated enough. you don't need to worry about those earthly things. you can put your confidence today in Christ and walk with your head held high. You can repent of your sin of not recognizing who God says that you are. And you can tell the truth about God. You can this day you can repent and turn from God and say, Lord, I, I I start to believe what you say about me, not what I say about me. And Paul was always pointing people to the cross and reminding them that the, in the cross of Jesus Christ. In this this week that we remember on Holy Week and Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter Sunday, we've got to re- be reminded that 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 we need to be pointed towards the cross for our only hope because jesus's sacrifice was everything jesus knew this was coming in fact there was one conversation that jesus had with peter uh, and peter it was at that time when peter declared and said you are the christ you are the living god and uh, jesus made that statement back to peter yes peter upon this rock i will build my church upon this very statement that you've made I will build my church. And Peter knew that he was going to have a significant role in that. But then moments later, Jesus is talking to Peter about his impending death. And and Peter's horrified. He's like, not going to happen. There's no way that not on my watch like this. This doesn't happen, Jesus. Like There's no way that your life will be brutally ended like this. And if you know the scripture, you'll know what Jesus said to Peter as a, in response. He said, Get behind me, Satan, right? It wasn't like he'd forgotten Peter's name or anything like that, or, but he was able to look right through Peter's eyes and recognize the source of that thought that was coming at Jesus, that was coming from the enemy, because, any, because Jesus knew that anything that would take him away from his destiny, which was crucifixion to this world, which was the cross, was coming from Satan. And he's letting Peter know, Peter, you, you just became Satan's missionary. You, you are doing the work of the devil. And so Jesus was making it clear, uh, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Like, you, you gotta know where the source of that thought is. Now, in our lives today, there will always be people who are trying to, uh, who are trying to get us away from, that, uh, from the, the life that is completely sacrificed to God. And I love the way that this, this verse in uh, Galatians 6.14 is put in the, the Passion Translation. It's kind of my, my favourite Bible translation at the moment. And it says here, it says, Paul says here, "'My only boast is in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus our Messiah.'" In him I have been crucified to this natural realm, and the natural realm is dead to me and no longer dominates my life. So like that's what it means to crucify ourselves to this world. As we uh, associate ourselves with, with the cross of Jesus, Jesus asks us to crucify ourselves to this world so that the world no longer dominates our thinking. And I want to challenge you, as, 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 as people and situations around us are, are trying to remove us from crucifying ourselves to this world, recognize where that thought comes from. It doesn't come from an individual. It doesn't really come from your boyfriend or from marketing or from the, the internet or something that's that's pointing at you to try and get you off course. Rem- I mean, you might w- want to use that phrase on a first date, but like, remember that 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 anything that, that takes us away from being crucified to this world, from, as this verse said, from the world dominating our lives, is coming from the enemy. Because for Christ, he wanted to make his boast, sorry, for Paul, he wanted to make his boast in the cross of Jesus Christ. And we need to do exactly the same. And so I pray that for each one of us, we will be people that continually, in, in all the distractions that come our way, in the things that, that want to uh, 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 dominate our lives, that we will be reminded that, that our Jesus plus nothing moment, our, uh, that we, we become a new creation as we put our boast, as we put our confidence, all of it in the cross of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Over these last few weeks, just through this series on Galatians, we've been using this equation, Jesus plus nothing. And we've been using that to describe the the confidence that we need to be putting in the cross of Christ over and above anything else that might uh, be added to the gospel or, or distract us from the true gospel. But it's kind of an incomplete equation, isn't it? And I, I want to complete it today for us. Uh, this math problem is not finished. Um, and I want to remind you today that G- in our lives, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. He is everything to us. And as you uh, look towards a week of, I pray, specifically thinking through. And reflecting on the death and resurrection of Jesus. I want to remind you that, that if the Christian life is anything, it, it's happening because we say Jesus plus nothing in my life is absolutely everything. It, when we make that statement, that is the day that you become a new creation in God. And my prayer is that for every single one of us that we will, we will daily become new creations in God because we're saying Jesus plus nothing in my life is everything.